Good evening, 49er Empire. Welcome back to another episode of The Faithful, where we bring you all 49ers news and updates. I'm Biggie Flores. With me is Zach Green. And today, we're going to talk about a stressful and scary, but happy win, 24-21 uh, to over the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round. And we'll look forward into, you know, next week, NFC Championship matchup versus the Lions. Zach. How do you feel, man? Saturday, a little stressful, a little scary. Dang. You always start off with how I feel. I mean, dude. I don't know. How you so feel? Won- we're, so, we're so lucky to have won that game, dude. I was like, man. there's no way. I was like, I was about to call you. I was like, there's no way we're winning this game. Like, it was scary. It just, that was the worst game we played all season. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, easily. You know, the And the worst game that Brock struggling. Party played. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough. Offense struggled early. Um, defense was giving up five yards per carry on the run, and it almost felt like we were about to get pounced. And, you know, to your point, Brock Purdy did play really, really bad. Um, but, you know, he came through when it mattered the most. You know, maybe the throws weren't the hardest uh, on the final drive, but he completed it, and – you know, we got a win at the end of the day, and we're here, and we're playing the Lions next week. But let's go over the game, you know, shall we? Yeah. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, I think he struggles in the rain. His hands are a little small. I don't know if you saw him wiping his hands mid mid drop back, which is kind of scary. And I was talking to my, my boy Gabe out here, and I was like, dude, the last time we played in the rain was with Brock Purdy was in Cleveland. Um, he had a few fumbles because yeah. the ball slipped, a few missed throws, um, an interception, I think, and it was scary. And I had flashbacks. I'm like, dude, this, this is not good. And it might come down to a kick for Jake Moody yeah. again. It, it felt really Cleveland to me. And I was scared. I was nervous. But, you know, it came through when it mattered, and we, we, got, we got it. We got it. Yeah. No, I, I had been saying that for a while now with Jake Moody and. People were pissed the way the game started out. Um, he kind of, I think he purposely didn't kick it into the end zone. Like they kind of, they kind of wanted um, whoever caught the ball to return it. But yeah. it's interesting the narratives because look, Carlson for the Packers missed the kick, but no one's talking about that really. But also, um, was it Cro- uh, Croft or whatever on the Bills? Oh, oh, Bass, Tyler Bass. Bass, Bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Okay too. Yeah, yeah, but everyone's will talk about that. Um, but that said, you know, Jake Moody did miss a kick, and did, that yeah. that does worry me, and it has since we drafted him because Robbie yeah. Gold was so good, and yeah. I feel like heading into you know this game like. I'm not, I'm not honestly as worried because I don't see any way we play as poorly, nor does we got to talk about Shanahan because yeah, – We'll get to him, we'll get to him. But, but yeah, um, Purdy, it just – his second throw, right, on the first drive, easily should have been intercepted. Yeah. Easily should have been intercepted. Like, we got, we got lucky there. And – um he uh he didn't uh 
he he played like Jimmy G. That's what Bonte said in the first three quarters. He played like Jimmy G. But then he I stepped mean, up in the fourth quarter. His nuts dropped and it's it's to me there's levels to this and different little narratives, you know. People say Brock Purdy played really bad. Um and then you look on the flip side of it, people say Jordan Love played fine. If we compare the two, we go Brock Purdy with a 59% complete rate, which is not good, not to his standard. He's usually more towards 70, 80. But he finished with 250 yards, a touchdown, and completed a good game-winning drive. And although he should have had an interception or two, he didn't. He just didn't have him. And if we look at Jordan Love, 61% complete rate, only 190 yards, two touchdowns, sure, but two interceptions that are brutal. If you... The narrative throughout the social or media today is Jordan Love is good. He's got a bright, bright future ahead of him. And the narrative for Brock is that he sucked and he should have lost the game. And if you look at the numbers, it's it's better for Brock. Um, but, you know, it's been that way all season long, starting with the Steelers, starting with, you know, starting off 5-0. and Brock's get carried by his team. Brock's this, Brock that. But at the end of the day, man, I don't even care about Brock or – I mean, I do care about Brock, but, like, who cares if he's sucking? If we win at the end of the day, if we have more points than our opponent at the end of the game, who the fuck cares how good he plays, you know? If he goes out there, throws five interceptions, no touchdowns, and 10 yards, but if we win the game 3-0, to zero, I don't care. You know, we're going to have a ring on our hand hopefully by the end of the season, and if that's how we're going to do it, that's how we're going to do it. I don't really care how Brock – you know, is getting perceived by the media or whatever. Um, but yeah, little Jimmy G esque, but he was in Cleveland, and why? Because it was raining. There's no deep shots taken down the field. There was no, I don't know, crazy chances even by him. Um, I just think it was bad weather conditions. And yeah, you could say they're playing in the same conditions too. But Brock Purdy's just hands are just small, and they're gonna slip. Uh, but you know, luckily we won't have to deal with that next week, hopefully, knock on wood. And if we try to take a positive out of this, which we will, we played at our absolute worst football we could have played Saturday. From, say, 50 to 55 minutes of the game, we played the worst possible. And we still won. And we still won. The, the Packers were a team that had so much hype saying they won, what, seven out of their last ten? They just kick the Cowboys' ass in Jerry's world, and they want to come to Levi's, and we played horrible, horrible, and we still won. Yeah. And that's exciting. So. Yeah, it's more than exciting. That game felt like it was a year long, dude. Like, huh. man. I don't know. I mean, the playoff games in the past, like, you know, we had the Seahawks, right, um, last year, and then. Who'd we beat after the Seahawks? Uh, the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, the Cowboys. And, and, and like, those games just did not – this this was by far the most stressful um, playoff game I think I've watched other than the, the Packers game in, uh, in Lambeau in 2021. Yeah. And even that game, you know, shout out Willis, uh, Jordan, Jordan uh, Wil- Wilkes. Oh, it was Jordan Willis, Jordan Willis. Yeah, Jordan Willis. Nice you know, block punt. <laughs> I know, I know. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy how we won this game. And it, the thing was, I think 
you saw a team that kind of did overlook the Packers for sure. And I think definitely some rust had to play into effect as well as the weather conditions. Like it seemed like Niners were slipping left and right in the first quarter, but then they switched to the, to the, to the other cleats, um, like the screwing cleats kind of didn't make a difference as Gibson slipped on that, uh, third, uh, touchdown third of Bo Melton, but, um, Dude, man, are we lucky to have won that game. And yeah. I thought Jordan Love played better than uh, Brock Purdy. Purdy yeah. could have easily had two th- two interceptions, but look, he the question that I'm asking myself and I wanted to ask you but he didn't. is because, like, I, I don't know if Jimmy G in that situation in the fourth quarter gets a job done like Brock Purdy. We've seen him attempt to do it. You know, against the Rams in uh, 2021 NFC Championship, he couldn't do it. He had an opportunity in the Super Bowl. He couldn't do it. Brock, sure, sure, maybe he almost had some interceptions. How many, but but how many interceptions did he really have? Do you know? None. Zero. How much did Jordan Love have? Two. Oh, man. We made the plays when it counted. You know, nobody's talking about Diamondo Lenore dropping a pick. Went right through his hands. Jordan Love could have had three interceptions, you know? Every, everything is pointed to Brock because he's Mr. Irrelevant because the the stakes are so high. He has a good team around him. Um, but nobody's talking about Jordan Love should have had three. You know, Brock Purdy should have one, maybe two. Fuck, Jordan Love should have had three. Who cares? If we fucking won at the end of the day, you know? Jordan Love is getting praise. He's getting the media on, you know, backing him up on everything. Oh, he doesn't have this, he doesn't have that, blah, blah, blah. Man, it's a that system is great over there. The Fleur is such a great coach, you know, learn from Shanahan, West Coast offense. Um I just I hate the narrative of Brock Purdy versus Jordan Love. Jordan Love outplayed Brock Purdy. Who cares if Jordan Love outplayed Brock Purdy? At the end of the day, the Niners outscored the Packers. That's all that matters. And nothing else does. And it just I don't know why we gotta make such a big deal out of the quarterbacks when we won the game, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, we made the play. We made the we play when, the it, when it counted. You know, yeah. I felt like it was it. This game, this game was one of those where I was watching it the whole game, and we easily played the worst game we had played all season. By yeah, far. And we still won. We still walked away. With and we victory. still won, right? And I think – like I said, I think it had a, a number of factors to go into it, but at the end of the day, we won the ball game. And the way the NFC was shaping out, you know, with the Cowboys losing, the Eagles losing, and, and we still have, let's not forget, like, you know, we talked about this last year, like, you know, like, we don't we don't lose at home. We really, you know, like, in the playoffs, we have not lost at home. Yeah, knock on wood. We, are undefeated <laughs> we have not lost at home. And, you know, I think it's important to, you know, check the the Lions' road record because it's not great. I think it all five of great. their losses have been on the road. Um, and Jared Goff is 0-5 against this 49ers team since 2019. Um, so... If you look at those two statistics alone, it's looking good. And, you know, you don't want to base the entire game off of uh, home record or Jared Goff record versus the Niners. But, you know, 
Jared Goff tends to struggle against the Niners. The Lions tend to struggle on the road. Um, this is the first NFC championship for the Lions as a collective. You know, Jared Goff has been there before. Um, he's been in the Super Bowl, so he kind of feels the pressure. But, you know, that team is young. Aiden Hutchinson, Penny Sewell, even Dan Campbell as a young new coach hasn't had that championship level game yet. You know, you could say the last two weeks have been really high emotion and um, they're ready to go. And I'm sure they'll be ready to go Sunday. But NFC Championship, AFC Championships, they're different beasts. And, you know, this Diners team, I think, wants it. I know the Lions do too. But, um, man, I think experience is going to help us out a little bit. And I'm ready for Sunday. I'm ready to go. And I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah. I I think – the experience will definitely come into factor as well as the home field advantage. And I was listening to the, to the roast this morning and we had, there was one caller from Detroit. who's actually a, a, a nine fan that called in. He made a good point, And we were saying this a lot last year is that the Niners struggle against mobile quarterbacks. I mean, Jordan love didn't run the ball that much, but, you know, he was, you know, good, he, at avoiding the sack, he was sack. good at avoiding the sack. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, in comparison, you know, the offensive lines between the Lions and and the Packers, but the Packers' offensive line played like A plus. Yeah, They're A plus. Play they played. They played great against the Cowboys. You know, my the, Micah and that company didn't have any sacks either. I don't think, not to my knowledge. Um, but the Lions' O-line is pretty good. But with that said, they got injured last game against the Bucks. Um, Jonah Jackson, their guard, is out with the meniscus tear. He just got surgery. Um, and their center, Frank Ragnow, has a sprained right knee and a sprained ankle. Um, so kind of a tough time to get hurt, tough time to yeah, – he's uh, taking Viking you know, and he's getting some shots, dude. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see if we play again. It looked <laughs> tough last, time, last game, but uh, this is the wrong time of season to be switching up the O-line group and to try and figure things out up front. So, you know, never preying on anyone's injury, not at all. I'm like the Green Bay ESPN analyst over there who wanted Brock and CMC to get hurt, whatever. But with the injury report that's been given to us, it gives an advantage to the Niners a little bit. Um you know, the Niners injury report, everyone is good except for Debo Samuel, who is 50-50. Um, he has shoulder injury. He's going to play. Um, same same injury as Cleveland. It. Yeah, me too. But no break, which is great. Kyle Shanahan said on Wednesday he'll have a better feel on whether or not he'll play. But if Debo is telling me today that he's 50-50, he's playing. If he was 50-50 on Sunday, he's playing. Even if you if you're getting two to three catches all game, just be there as a decoy, do orbit motion, stay in the backfield every once in a while. Like the difference between us with Debo and without Debo is crazy. Um, no one's scared of Jawan Jennings in the backfield getting a handoff. And that's not to shame Jawan on anything, but you know, go ahead, hand the ball out to Jennings. You know, Debo is much scarier back there. No one's scared of Ray Ray going in motion. It's just a big, big game changer. So I'm sure he'll play too. Uh, we'll get you more updates on that on Wednesday. Um, 
But yeah, he's playing. He's and I'll cool. tell you why he's playing is because CJ Gardner Johnson. <laughs> For y'all that don't know, there was a little beef going on dating back to the NFC Championship last year. Um, he left to go to Detroit and start talking shit to each other week five, week six. And I think Debo wants it too. Debo wants to knock him on his ass, and I can't wait. Yeah, nah, he's playing. Like, I I was listening that, like, he had a shoulder, shoulder uh, injury earlier in the season, right? Yeah. Or maybe it was last year. I think it was, it was earlier. It was this season. He, uh, it was fractured, though. It was a hairline fracture that took him out for three games plus a bye week. But, yeah, no fracture to it this time. And I don't know if it's a bone bruise or just pain tolerance. If it's pain tolerance, you're playing. If it's a bone bruise, you're playing. If it's a fracture, fuck. You're playing. Yeah. <laughs> At this point in the yeah. season, we got we to... Gotta How many opportunities are you going to get to play in the like, NFC Championship? Everyone's playing banged up. And it, it kind of looked like he wasn't that injured. It was more like... Okay, you have a guy like Debo Samuel, right? And you obviously want him to be out there. But given... You know, it's the divisional round, and I hate to say this point, but I guarantee you if he if he wanted to play in that game, like, he would have played. They said after the game that he was able to put on his his uh, his jacket without any help, which tells me he can lift his arm. And I don't know, maybe he'll have, like, a Dre Greenlaw type of claw on or something, but just him being out there is going gonna, is gonna to make – make a big difference and um yeah i mean the stats prove it the stats prove it yeah i um, couldn't agree more oh and three with deep without debo this year um with debo well now one and three one and three yeah yeah one and three um and then, yeah with debo what 13 14 and two so stats don't lie things don't lie i think you're right i think he'll play i think he could have returned uh, Everything you said has been right. So I just think Kyle Shanahan speaking today about it was more of a um, smoke screen, I guess. You know, you don't want to confirm that he's playing until late into the week to maybe try and mess with the Lions defensive game plan as much as you possibly can. I don't know how much it's going to affect it, but don't want to give him any information too early. So, yeah, definitely. And, I, I would expect if I'm the Lions, you're gonna you're gonna have to go out there thinking he's gonna play. But yeah. I I want to get to Shanahan because that was that was by far his worst coach game, uh, at least in the playoffs. I, have mixed I don't know what about I don't... this. I have I have mixed feelings. Can you explain to me why you think it's his worst coach game? I thought he coached scared, especially at the end of the first half. Like you, well, I mean, it was wet. The ball was wet. You know, I don't. I rather have him do what he did rather than trying to take a deep shot, um, throw an interception, not get points at all. And you know, people saying, "Yeah, scared." Well, he did no, yeah, but he did take a thirty-yard shot to Ayuk and it was just overthrown. If you get that, we have a timeout, and you're ten yards out of the zone. We could say scary. We could say whatever. It's more failure of execution on the player side. And even so, okay, sure, scary. He runs the ball a few times. We're supposed to make that kick go up 10-6, get ball at half. I'm okay with that. 
Well, I would I, I, I just, you know, it's not like you're playing the Chiefs who can score in, you know, 15 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. So I, if I, if I were Shanahan, I don't know if I would have taken the clock all the way down and then burned a timeout. I would have, you know, chewed some more time, obviously. But not taking. No, he all took the way a down. he took a shot before that though. Before he ran it down, he took that thirty yard shot. And if he got that, he would have been fine. I think if, let's say, we take a timeout early and they get a stop, then they get a chance to score. You know, it's still fifty seconds to the other team to chance to score. I but I do understand where a lot of the people are coming from. You want a touchdown there? We want it. We ended up not even scoring points because of a missed field goal. But to blame. Shanahan for that I think is is tough because of failed execution on the player's end but even besides that what other reasons do you have on Shanahan being well I I think I can understand the the way the you know we open the the second half with a third and out but in particular the first play of the game the first play of the second half was a one run to Juwan Jennings which we've never seen all season and I'm sure that Debo, it was normally a Debo, oh, yeah. but yeah. I don't, I don't know why plan. you're, I don't know why you're calling that play. Um, and I did think another thing is I thought we should have ran the ball more, man, especially in, in you know, uh, 21 personnel. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like, uh, I, I didn't feel like the, do, we do ran the, the ball enough. Do you think the Packers ran the ball a lot or no? Not as much as they should have. What do you? I don't know, man. CMC See, had twenty pa- carries. Pack- CMC had the twenty Packers carries. Packers and Niners also. They ran credit to both teams. They ran some really good screenplays, and they also have two of the best play callers in the league. But. Shanahan did get out coach. He did get out coach, and we still want, managed to win a ball game. He had been into the game like zero and thirty when trailing in the fourth quarter. Okay, but twenty of those games and, come in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. I know. And we I have know. Brock Purdy or Brock Purdy, CJ um, Beathard, Nick Bowens as quarterback. Here, here's my opinion on this whole thing. Whenever we lose, we're so so fast to point blame at Shanahan. Sure, 0 and 30, whatever. Jimmy G could have made a throw in the Super Bowl. You know, it would have been 1 and 29. You know, Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard could have been better people, better quarterbacks, and he would have been 20 and 10. I think that narrative is a little skewed. I think if we're going to have to put blame on somebody, it's going to be the offense for not executing, you know. Brock Purdy missed so many throws today or on Saturday. He 23 for 39 is not good at all. 59%. If he hits those throws, we're getting more first downs after first downs. We're running the ball more after those, and he looks great. To to blame it on the coach who's got us to four NFC championships in the last five years, I think is the easy way out. I think this is what national media does, it, and I just think it's stupid. I think it's uh, not saying your take is stupid, not uh, disagreeing with some of the stuff you're saying. I'm just saying, like, 
I don't know. I've seen people watch Anaheim out after after Saturday's game, and if you really think that, you don't know what you're talking about, and you need to find another sport. Or I don't know. You know, you know what I'm saying though. If you execute, Shanahan looks better. It's on execution, not coaching. Hold on, you're muted. I can't hear you right now. Uh, in particular, Shanahan's always gonna get the blame. I mean, just like any coach, if a team doesn't do well, the end of the the end of the the, the game and and the play calling in particular, it really showed to me that he trusts Brock Purdy, and his trust is earned. You know, we won the game. He, he led the team down. I think he played – Brock Purdy played like Jimmy G the first three quarters. And Kyle Shanahan coached. And his – a lot a lot of it I – don't, I don't – I think a lot of it was his game plan without Debo. Because Debo is honestly every play is a decoy in motion, you know. So you 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 have to you know adjust, and I didn't necessarily see that adjustment. You know, I would have liked us to see CS feed CMC more. He only had like twenty rushes. Seven. That's that's average. Yeah, but he usually gets people people complain that he gets twenty carries a game. He people needs say, more than that. In that game, the way Brock Purdy was playing, I don't yeah. know. That that said. I think heading into this game, if we play anywhere near, and this is a fact, if we play anywhere near the way we played on Saturday, we're going to lose. But I don't see any way that happens. And in fact, I I see us coming out as a completely different team. Like, that's your wake-up call, right? And I think, you know, we – well – we're not lucky because we earned that number one seed. But, you know, if you if you take any team for granted, like a lot of people took for granted, like even, um, you know, Bonte, Bonte and the Rose, like they, they, they thought it was going to be a blah. And I didn't – I mean, shit, it was a – you know, the, the Niners were favored by 10 points. Like everyone thought it was going to be a blowout. And it wasn't. But shout out the Packers, because especially I was surprised by their offensive line. It was clear that there was just no rush. And if if, uh, if we're going to win this game on Sunday, Bosa's got to step up. Um, I'm sure he'll probably be lined up against Penny Swool. But, you know, Chase Young didn't do much. Chase Young didn't do much. And. You know they got they got to stop the run game again because it was it was it was from a very very early point in the game where you had Aaron Jones picking up seven eight yards and we're not used to seeing that we're used to seeing you know third and five or third and long so you know the the Lions the Lions same division as the Packers I think the one big difference is. Jared Goff, he's kind of more of a statue in the quarterback. And historically, we've owned the guy. And, you know, I, I, I think if you're going to praise Jared Goff, then you also got to give some credit to Brock Purdy. Because, you know, who, what's, what are they going to say if the Niners beat, you know, Jared Goff, right? Like, 
are you going to still put him on that same level, which he definitely is. Hey, man. Uh, it's going to be well, – we'll see. I feel like going back to your point on pressure, I think you're right. Um, but I, Jared Goff is more of a statue than Jordan Love. Jordan Love's only got sacked twice in his last six games, so Dude, I'm not going to put too much pressure on – Yeah, it's not – yeah, that and just Jordan Love's ability to evade the sack is just really, really good too. Um, and I don't know. I think the Niners are getting a lot more hate than they should be. You know, this is – they played against an NFL team with NFL-caliber players – um, against one of the like Lafleur matches up with Shannon so well because they know each other so well. You know, people are. I feel like media, all media today, the recency bias is just so so strong, and like I hate it. You know, you go from beating the Eagles and saying that we're one of the greatest teams ever to getting spanked by the Ravens saying that we have no business in the same conversation as the Ravens or the chiefs. And it's sports. You've played sports, right, Zach? Yeah. People can have bad games. People have bad games. It happens. And to, to say that he's no longer good. And Bonte was just, he's pretty much shitting on him all morning. And it was just like, he had a great season. Are you going to say, you know, your confidence is now shaky because of one game? Like, dog, that's not how sports works, you know? Joel Embiid nah, put up 25 points last night. He has 40 before the midway through the third today. It's different from day to day, week to week, team to team. Like, recency bias is so just to get clicks, to get, you know, whatever you need. Go listen to Richard Sherman. You know, maybe he has a little bit niner bias. But he speaks the truth. If you listen to Emmanuel Aiko, I think his name is, um, to speak on ESPN, he's speaking the truth. It's just, uh, it, that's just my, it's just personal beef with the media and recency bias is so strong. So I get it. But I also do get where like Bonte is coming from because it's championship or plus, right? And you can you say know, for every single team, though. How do you think like, the Bills saw... Everybody is trying to win a Super Bowl right now. It's not like we're the only team that has good players and good quarterbacks and good coaching. There's other teams out there. To say that you have no faith in, in Nick Bosa, to say you have no faith in Brock Purdy to do this anymore, to say Shanahan is questionable, dude, that's just that's just wrong, you know? If you're if you if you look if let's say Bonte was ownership. He's firing people left and right after Sunday Saturday's game, it feels like. He has no confidence in any one of these guys anymore. And it's just like two, two, four weeks ago, two to three, four weeks ago, you're saying, wow, everyone's so great. Now it's like, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. Like, yeah, we started off a little slow. We had two, three weeks off. Brock hasn't played a game in 21 days. And now he's saying he has no confidence. That's where I'm just like, I'm not questioning, like, sports credentials of him i know he's genius and he knows the sports but like to switch up on a guy that fast is crazy to me it's just like what what are you talking about you know it's just ass tough for me as a fan as a fan of bonte even like why why just just to spice up the morning 
get us awake a little bit. I don't know. That's just hey, fair enough, fair enough. And, you know, we're one game away from where we want to be, right? And, <laughs> there's 28 and other teams out there that are not playing on Sunday. There's 28 are, other teams. But we have no confidence in our quarterback. Or Shanahan, for that matter. But nah, I do, I do. But we yeah. can't have him playing like Jimmy can't have him playing like Jimmy. Yeah, imagine if that was our team's mindset. Saying Brock is incompetent. Brock is not good. Shanahan doesn't know what he's doing. Imagine if that was our team's mindset. Do you think we have a chance at winning? It's a horrible mindset. And sure, you're you're supposed to evaluate. But there's only one way to find out. And we'll see you on Sunday. So See you on Sunday. You going back? Uh, No, I'm not. I'm a... Uh, Undefeated at this bar in Tempe that I've been watching at every every single time I go, we haven't lost, and it's been six or seven games now. I'm gonna stick it there, um, so we'll see. How right, about you? Are you going? Nah, my mom was like, "I'm fucking gone." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean, dude, Super Bowl. I mean, hey man, almost there. One more win. Let's I might in. sell my car. We'll see. <laughs> Fuck it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go to Vegas. Downgrade. Put it on black. No, put it on red. Put it on red for the Niners. And if it hits, yeah. we go to the bowl. If not, then you're down a few K. <laughs> yeah. All right, Niner Empire, Niner Faithful. Sorry for the little rant. It's just frustrating how, to me, as a fan base, as media, we're so harsh on the team after winning a playoff game in the divisional round. That doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, everyone's got their own opinions. Everyone's entitled to it. And I'm not going to disagree. No, I will. I'm disagreeing. <laughs> but hey, Niners, Lions, Sunday, 3.30 at Levi's. Let's go. I hope everyone bro. shows up. Let's get loud. Let's win this. Let's go to the bowl, man. God, me, Zach, we are red and gold until we dead and cold, baby. Bang, bang.